0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Robert Young-Pelton. Robert, uh, grade the two administrations for me and their handling of Putin and Russia. First of all, the Trump administration. What would you grade them?
1: Uh, I'd give them a zero because they allowed Putin to do whatever he wanted. There were very few pushbacks. Now, there were sanctions imposed during mm-hmm. Uh, the Trump administration. But the the policy of the Trump administration was to work with autocrats and dictators and, uh, you know, focus on sort of uh, counterterrorism and other issues that they agreed on.
0: What would you grade the Biden administration?
1: Uh, Give him a five because he's not out the gate yet. You know, he's been faced with two crises so far. Um, Lincoln has sort of said tough things and sort of given the correct signs, but we haven't actually pulled the trigger on anything. So, you know, whether it's uh, minor or major things, so far it's just words.
0: In your professional opinion, is Putin going to go into the Ukraine with the troops that he's got massed along the border?
1: I don't think so. He's already in the Ukraine, as you know. He took a large chunk of them. (laughs) They've been fighting uh, constantly. Uh, The goal here is to push forward and then grab a little bit and then sort of lean back. What what he's trying to do is assert dominance over the region uh, so that it's very painful and expensive for the U.S. and Europe to put troops and sort of lock down the Ukraine. Uh, The Ukraine's ready to fight. I mean, they're not afraid of Putin, but the way wars are fought today with drones and you know, cyber thing, it, it, it's just very ugly and messy. So nobody wants a war, but Putin has no problem in doing something and then pulling back.
0: What were your thoughts of uh, a year ago, the January six uprising at the Capitol?
1: Well, as, as a guy who's been in many revolutions and rebel camps and whatever, I, I knew exactly what I was looking at. It was a, an, an attempt to overthrow a democratic country it it was very badly executed obviously people got cold feet at the last minute but it was a shot at it but you know i'm also watching what's continuing to this day and again we talk about hybrid warfare there's a thing called lawfare which is the use of courts and legal intimidation there's very low level attacks on school boards there's synchronized messaging of things to get people upset uh, this just goes on and on. So that, that program is still continuing. The the idea is to frustrate and to weaken uh, the Democrats in their control of the country, and also to sow distrust amongst Americans. Now, remember, a divided country is a lot easier to damage than a united country, and using false fronts or false flags uh, you know, makes people like China and Iran and Russia just kind of laugh, because yeah. we should yeah, be yeah, united, absolutely. not fighting.
0: Why is there so much tension and so much hatred, Robert, today in this country? I mean, I've been through, as you have, uh, the Vietnam War and everything else. This is the most tense I've ever felt this country to be in. Why is that?
1: Well, it's simple. There used to be a filter. So when somebody wanted to get a message out, it went through the media or came directly from the government. And there was sort of a quality control system in place. With social media, Chinese, Russian, Iranian, Syrian, I mean, the list goes on. These people can reach the American public directly, you know, through Facebook, through Twitter. through sure. Just constant sort of iteration of weird and strange things that get people upset. So that filter is gone. You know, they can come directly to your house. And that's why I said, you know, at the front end that, that you're a combatant in this war. You are being manipulated and targeted by outside forces, and, and we have to realize that.
0: China and Taiwan, what do you think is going to happen there?
1: Uh, Taiwan, there will be some point at which China feels confident enough to do something militarily. But China has a lot of patience. You know, if you look at the history of China, they'll wait 20, 30, 40, 50 years and slowly, slowly, slowly take over that place. You know, you see it in the Spratleys. You see it in Africa. You see it in the the way way they handle the Uyghurs, you see them in their Belt and Road Initiative. They're they're using every possible tool, whether it be, you know, debt or PR or intimidation, to slowly take control of the areas they want.
0: Is Taiwan strong enough to fight themselves and protect themselves? (laughs) No. Of course not. Not against China. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's a historical anomaly. Look look at Hong Kong. You know, they didn't invade Hong Kong per se, right? They just put a lot of pressure on the border, you know, almost like Ukraine with a lot of military vehicles. And they slowly degraded anybody who stood in their way. Until now, Hong Kong is a part of China, and, and we didn't do anything about it.
0: What's your take on timetable?
1: On timetable?
0: Yeah, that's something could well, happen.
1: Okay, so what's happened now since sort of 2010, uh, you know, remember Arab Spring and all these democratic movements, is autocrats are very concerned about stamping out democratic movements right at the beginning. I mean, if, if, for example, Kazakhstan, if if the people rise up and start complaining about living conditions, within days that movement is extinguished. Those people, there's 5,000 people in prison, there's over 160 dead. And then we just move on because the media doesn't want to focus on a failed revolution. Uh, you know, you saw it in Tiananmen Square. They, they learned very quickly that you can't let democ- democratic movements succeed. So Arab Spring is basically dead. You know, thanks to the UAE and KSA, they've extinguished every single democratic movement and government that was created during Arab Spring.
0: What do you think of uh, this uh, bin uh, Mohammed bin uh, What's his last NBC. name in in, in, <laughs> in Saudi Arabia?
1: Uh, yeah, MBZ is a good player. It's actually going to be his brother, Tanun that's going to be the crown prince next. So MBZ is kind of moving up into the rulership position when the father dies. They've been very good players, but in 2019 they decided they're going to side with Russia and and sort of go after the U.S. Now they won't say it publicly but they are working very diligently to degrade the U.S. currency. They're undermining our foreign policy in places like Africa and Asia. And they are going to go toe-to-toe against the U.S., and they're going to back things like, you know, Wagner, the mercenary organization in Russia. It's paid for by the UAE, and most people don't know that. Places like Libya, uh, Sudan, they're paying Russian mercenaries to degrade foreign policy for the U.S.
0: A friend of mine, Robert, was born in uh, Vietnam and uh, was held by the Viet Cong as a prisoner for a while when he was a young man. And uh, he got out, came to this country and has made a living for himself, got married to a Vietnamese woman and uh, has had a great family. His son's a doc, just a great guy. But he was uh, telling me that years ago, in the beginning, Ho Chi Minh from North Vietnam turned to the United States for help and we shunned him. Is that true?
1: Yes, that's very true. Um, so you got to remember that these freedom fighters, you know, whether they be Castro or Ho Chi Minh, were thinking that the U.S. would back any uh, populist uprising. Uh, in his case, he was fighting the French, right? That's and, right. And um, we kind of looked at that and then realized, oh, wait, you know, he's getting help from the communists, so he's basically our enemy. But for a while there, we, we supported a number of uh, democratic uprising around the world.
0: And you mentioned Castro Batista, who was running Cuba at the time, was a mobster.
1: Right, and, and we had very close, if you've seen the movie The Godfather, it's oh, yeah. too far from the truth. But uh, again, um, They believe that supporting populist uprisings against dictators would be something that the U.S. would support. And if you remember, Che Guevara even went over to Africa to start some revolutions there and help some uh, freedom fighters. So uh, we're not perfectly clean in the idea that we believe in pure democratic uprisings. But what we're seeing now is, is President Biden has flatly declared that he's going to support democracies. And what you're seeing is that democracies are being knocked down. And almost like days after he made that speech, Kazakhstan was an example of a group of people rising up to overthrow a totalitarian government, and it was flattened within days.
0: That's amazing work. And you do amazing work, too, by the way. You're still making knives? Oh, yeah. DPX knives
1: are still available. You know, I make documentaries. I'm working on the failed coup attempt in Libya and doing documentaries about this. Because, you know, you remember, uh, I was with U.S. Special Forces
0: That's right. when they
1: fought on horseback in Afghanistan, and those guys went off to become contractors, which then sparked by book, License to Kill. And now I'm seeing a lot of these same contractors working for countries like the UAE, but actually backing the extinguishment of Democrats, uh, sorry, democratization and dissidents. You know, there are people working within kill teams to track and harass dissidents who don't believe in sort of dictatorship. So we live in very strange times. I would almost compare it to like the 30s when, when Hitler was you know, popular and using all kinds of weird social tricks to get people riled up. So we have to be careful to pay attention to what we see and what we think versus what we know.
0: I'm not a supporter of us being in Afghanistan when we went in there. I thought we should have leveled Tora Bora with a nuke and wiped out bin Laden right away. But uh, be that as it's it may, harder, we went in there. And do you think we stayed too long?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got, you got to remember, we did exactly the right thing. We said we were going to topple the Taliban because they supported terrorism. We went in. We did that within weeks. And then somebody at the State Department said, hey, let's rebuild Afghanistan, even though. Oh. The first time. So you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've been there many, many times. And I, every time I went there, there was a different reason why we were there. They were, you know, we were fighting a war, we were doing a peacekeeping mission. And as much as I don't like to admit it, you know, the way we got out of there was not pleasant, no. but we did need a reboot. We did need to stop and say, why are we spending billions and billions of dollars in this country without ourselves?
0: What happens, Robert, to the Afghanians who supported us, and we leave them there?
1: Uh, same thing that happened to the Vietnamese that we left there. It's, it's ugly. I mean, people supported us,
0: killed and, and everything.
1: believed in us, and we just bailed. Uh, But this had to happen. You know, we warned them. Trump signed the surrender to the Taliban. It was no secret. Pompeo told everybody we were getting out of there. Um, So the Taliban is still not the official government. So there's some pressure on the Taliban to behave and, you know, modernize. But that's not going to happen. So
0: I'm assuming within,
1: you know, a year or so, people start getting angry and start shooting. and, And then there'll be another sort of movement to overthrow the Taliban.
0: What, what's going on with Iraq right now?
1: Iraq is, is a sort of a stable mess. You know, it, it has oil. Uh, people are getting along. The, there's jostling here and there. But, you know, Iran wants a lot of influence. The U.S. is still kind of there. But uh, Iraq probably will stay semi-stable. There's no reason for us to get involved in any heavy way yet.
0: Now, of course, they never found any weapons of mass destruction there. Uh, and, well, because uh, they
1: spent 10 years making sure there weren't any. So it well, was kind of an interesting situation. In, so, in so what got
0: Saddam Hussein really in trouble with us? What What did he do? Was it going into Kuwait that was his end?
1: No, the, we wanted to bookend Iran. The goal was always Iran. You know, Cheney and the neocons, their, their goal was right. to essentially change the middle east get rid of all these bad guys put in democratic governments it just didn't work right so we were in afghanistan and we stayed there because we were also going to go into iran we were going to start a war with iran and and thank god it never happened but there was a, a goal to basically reshape every autocratic government in the middle east and now with Assad of syria basically winning We kind of went the other way by saying, "Okay, better to have a dictator that does all the dirty work for us than to try to create democracies.
0: Do you think uh, displacing Gaddafi in Libya was a smart thing to do?
1: Well, we didn't do that. The people did that. You know, Mm -hmm. he was past his time. He was out of touch with the people. Uh, We we helped with, uh, you know, intelligence and airstrikes, et cetera, et cetera. But other people have gone in there and started stirring things up. And we talked about the UAE and this American guy, Khalifa Haftar, who was a retiree from Virginia, suddenly becomes a warlord. Uh, They spent something like $30 billion of Gaddafi's stolen money to keep that war going and they still are sort of trying to keep it unstable because it's this is the new thing is to keep people keep keep countries messed up in other words don't fix anything don't build anything just keep it
0: messed up because chaos we need to deal with Yep, chaos listen to this scenario i'm hearing from a couple guests tell me what you think that uh, president joe biden will step down for whatever reason Kamala Harris becomes president, names Hillary as vice president, and Hillary runs in 2024 again. What do you think of that?
1: Good Lord, man. Wait, wait, what, who are these people? No, I, I think Hillary's done. I think Hillary was not liked by a lot of so people. So you
0: don't think that scenario could unfold, huh?
1: No, no, no. I mean, Joe Biden is old. I mean, you know, you can see it in how he walks and talks.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, That's what they're concerned not, about.
1: Yeah, but he's also been around for a long time, so he knows his way around. Now, will he get his agenda done? No. Uh, but do the Republicans have a better idea? No. You know, it's like throwing rocks at the building, thinking that that's how you run a country. I, I, I think there's better solutions to that. Um, and like I said, the key is with the people of America. You know, we have to stop bickering amongst ourselves, and we have to start thinking about, okay, why are we so divided? Who made us divided? Uh, we shouldn't be calling names that, you know, right versus left. We should be looking outside the country saying, who wants us like this? Absolutely. And there are plenty of countries like China, Russia, UAE, whatever, that want us
0: to bicker. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.